0: Hi, welcome to the Neurosick podcast where we unite people and organizations to support and advance neurodiverse people in cybersecurity and beyond to make the world more diverse and inclusive. My name is Nathan Chung, and today my special guests are Chelsea Asaro, Industry Outreach Specialist at, Nas- at the National Re- National Foundation for Autism Research and Lisa Easterly, Chief Operating Officer at the Cyber, Sc- Cyber Center Excellence. Welcome everyone.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay, so let's, let's get started. Uh, so, uh, Chelsea, you want you want uh, give us a quick introduction.
2: Sure. Thank you so much, Nathan. And thank you for having us on. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Chelsea Asaro, and I am the industry outreach um, specialist with the National Foundation for Autism Research. But that's a mouthful. So we do go by NFAR for short. We're a San Diego-based nonprofit. We've been working to improve the lives of those with autism for almost 20 years now. Um, Our current mission and our most important initiative to date Is flipping the script on the eighty-five percent national autism unemployment rate by trying to connect skilled, trained, autistic talent to companies who need it.
0: Oh, excellent. Excellent, Lisa?
1: Great. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to tag team with our friends um, at NFAR. And uh, Nathan, thank you for having us. So I represent San Diego Cyber Center of Excellence. And we're a nonprofit that focuses on regional planning and program implementation that really looks at workforce development, economic development, as well as infrastructure challenges. And we do this through collaboration between industry, academia, and government agencies. So we strive to develop best practices and templates that can be piloted either industry by industry or scaled to the city, state, or federal level. And it's really for the the key role of seeding the talent pipeline, driving innovation and protecting our nation's infrastructure.
0: Wow, that is incredible. Okay, let's dive in. The steep global competition for cyber talent means that employers will need to diversify their talent strategies to heed the ever evolving threat landscape. How does neurodiversity help bridge the gap?
2: Uh, well, I'll start with this one if you don't mind, Nathan. Um, there are a lot of traits that people like to speak about when talking about the benefits of hiring more people with autism, um, especially in technology. And those things are are the ability to hyper focus and a strong attention to detail, it, you know, innovative thought processes, a higher efficiency and a lower with a lower rate of error. Um, and all of these things are true. And we have have seen. Um, evidence of them time and time again with candidates at our tech program, our existing training program. But there's also a trait that I think uh, people with autism share that is going to make them uniquely suited to cybersecurity. And that I'd like to, it's its a little harder to descri- describe than some of the other ones, but it's its bottoms up thinking. And if, if I were to describe that, typical thinkers like Lisa and myself, we, we're like, we're think from the top down, we make mental shortcuts. So when we encounter a piece of information, we kind of file it into our mental memory banks. And then if we see it again, we just go there and recall what we've learned from it before. People with autism don't tend to do that. When they see information, they process each detail individually, um, and then make decisions accordingly. And so what that's really going to enable the participants of this program that we're working on and why I think that people with autism are really going to set themselves apart in cybersecurity is that they're going to be able to uncover those errors and see things that typical, you know, cybersecurity analysts might glance over, might, you know, look at and not see what's right in front of them, but that it's easy to take that mental shortcut on. So this is one of those things, I mean, you, you know, people could refer to it as a strong attention to detail, but it's more than that. It's really this bottoms up uh, ability to think and to uh, spot those those really important details that are so crucial to our cybersecurity efforts. Um, We've seen it in in software testing, which is what our m tech training program trains to. uh, Some of our testers say that they can spot errors in like pages of code, like it's standing out in neon. And they don't understand why typical people don't see these things. So these are the traits that I think are going to make people with autism really very beneficial in the cybersecurity industry. And we're excited to be helping more people with autism really hone those skills so that they can have uh, careers in cybersecurity.
1: Yeah, and we're very excited because this is an untapped resource for the industry. Um, given the barriers associated with traditional recruiting and hiring practices, unfortunately, um, those that are neurodiverse have not necessarily made it through to some of these um, employers that really need to open the aperture. And this is an incredible um, talent base in an industry that is now cresting over 3.5 um, million on the global level in um you know, seats available within cybersecurity and over three um, unfilled jobs in the industry in the U.S. alone. So um, there's a lot of opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And that's really wonderful. Uh, Chelsea, can you talk more about the success of the NFAR tech and how the idea for NFAR came about?
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, I did mention our NFAR tech program, and that was our original technical training program for people with autism. And that really came about in 2013 when, when our founder, who also happens to be an engineer by profession, he heard about a really interesting program that was taking place at SAP Europe to train people with autism to be software testers. Um, now, as a parent of a child with autism who also happened to have an autism nonprofit, he could really see where this made sense for people with autism and why people with autism could be very, very good at this particular um role. Uh, he also knew it could make sense for San Diego, where we're located. You know, it, it's a technology hub and there was a huge need at the time, as there still is, for tech talent. So he set out to kind of create a proof of concept with another friend of his, so a, a fellow engineer, to see if they could duplicate the kind of success that was being seen at SAP Europe. And, and Fartech was born. And since that time, you know, we've been very fortunate to be able to train uh, people with autism, we like to provide, it's a very comprehensive training program It's seven months. It provides both the hard technical skills as well as the soft social and executive functioning skills that people with autism need to be successful in an entry-level software testing role or a similar entry-level technology position. And since we launched, we've uh, created partnerships with several local tech companies well, and, and national technology companies to be able to help them diversify their talent pool by really tapping into these Uh, these wonderful abilities that people with autism have.
1: So he's being totally humble here. NFAR Tech boasts 86% professional placement rates for graduates, which is better than a lot of, you know, kind of traditional um, placement agencies. And they've had over um, 100 students in the last five years placed in these entry-level roles. And and they're working with industry leaders like Qualcomm and Solar Turbine. So when we started having discussions about the development of an NFAR Cyber, San Diego Cyber Leaders really jumped at this chance.
2: And I do have to say that there's been synergy with uh, NFAR and CCOE right from the very beginning. You know, unlike some other conversations we've had with companies where we've really had to invest a lot of time into making the business case for hiring more people with autism. When I approached Lisa and CCOE, as well as the other cyber leaders that we've worked with on the development of the pilot, they were really able to see the benefit and appreciate what – bringing on more people with autism and training them to do cybersecurity work, what that could do. And so it's it's really has been a great partnership, and we're excited to be getting this program launched.
0: Wow, that is incredible. Next, Lisa, what what role did San Diego's cyber leaders play in the development of NFAR?
1: Well, after the initial discussions and introduction um, with uh, NFAR, um, we our leaders really wanted to move forward quickly on a program and we were able to convene kind of what we called our think tank um, when we brought together the industry, both on the commercial and defense side, as well as um, representatives from academia, critical infrastructure, uh, as well as military and government, to help us guide the program scope, the training curriculum, and the skills development. And so over the last year, um, even during the pandemic, um, this group has met monthly to really create a robust program, um, including the integration of Haiku, which is um, an interactive cyber simulator, really fun, cool cyberpunk environment, um, to help not just from a um, training uh tool, but also to help us provide kind of a skills assessment and an interest assessment for these candidates to be able to kind of really start to hone in on where their interests lie uh, and where some of their strengths might be. Um, And then it also helped to define what the curriculum would look like throughout the program. One of the other really cool parts of um, our think tank was that we were able to bring in the NFAR Tech grads and some of those that are already in the program to get their input and the design to help really ensure optimal student experience. So uh, now uh, the industry is leaning in to host the first cohort of the NFAR Cyber Group. Uh, grads and and really we're looking to to begin from the nfar Tech program almost like a master's program so I know I'll, I'll leave all of the exciting details at Chelsea to kind of talk about the program but I will say the industry has been incredible in really helping guide to make sure that we're going to meet their needs as well as the needs of the candidates
0: excellent yeah go ahead Chelsea
2: um, yeah sorry Nathan I will let me uh, tell you a little bit more about what we are envisioning for the NFAR cyber program. It is going to be a vocational technical training program uh, specifically for people with autism in order to develop their cognitive exceptionalities to really um, help them enter into an entry-level role in cybersecurity. We're intending it to be a nine-month training program, and it is going to build upon the uh, you know our existing NFAR tech program. As Lisa said, we're thinking of it like a, you know, a continuation of their education, as, as like you would think of a, a master's degree. Um, the curriculum, the, for foundational knowledge, we're going to be using a curriculum called Test Out, and we're going to be doing both the A Plus uh, Network Plus and Security Plus curriculum with that, focusing on. Um, c- core units that we have identified as being as, you know, essential to this type of a role. we were able to do that. Thank you to our industry partners who have participated with this think tank, who were um, able to give us their insight into what they are looking for as far as that foundational knowledge. Um, but what's really unique about this program and what I'm excited about it is that we are lining up our corporate hiring partners in advance. These are companies who are who are putting their hands up to say that they're they are gonna be interested in hiring graduates um, once they've completed their training. And why we're doing this on the front end is that we really wanna be able to partner with these companies in order to customize the type of training that they're receiving throughout the, the course of the program, because we understand that each company approaches cybersecurity differently. And this is this has been different than what we've experienced in software testing, where it's pretty standardized approach throughout the uh, technology companies. So we were able to offer a pretty standardized curriculum. We want to do something different with this and really customize the type of training people are receiving to make sure that they are really ready to be effective from day one once they graduate. Um, and then at the, at the completion of the program, like I said, each participant is going to be placed in a professional paid internship with one of these companies. We really prefer that the internship model. We think it look, works really well as a way to give companies the opportunity to kind of try before you buy to experience the benefits that hiring one of our graduates can bring to their company. Um, and so in order to do that, and we really we also provide support to the companies to make sure that they have all the resources and training that they need to really create a truly neuroinclusive environment for all of the graduates that they bring on.
1: Yeah, and what's so cool wow. about this too is it's it's really flexible, um, and it allows you know customization with employers, which includes virtual options in our post-pandemic environment. And I think one of the really interesting things too that NFAR has kind of found through NFAR Tech is the idea of placing folks in pairs, so that um, they have kind of a, a tag team in an environment as well, where they have others um, within the group that um, you know have similar cognitive exceptionalities. So they're they're not the only one in the uh, in the group. Group.
0: Wow, that's great, Ch- Chelsea. Uh, so, how does the training in? Uh, sorry. So, wow, that that sounds really incredible. Uh, can you tell me more about how Infire Cyber will address the different learning styles that are ca- characteristic of those with autism?
2: Sure. And actually, Lisa just mentioned one thing. So. Um, Through our experience with Tech, we have developed a lot of learnings about what works best and what really helps people with autism to be successful. One of those things, like Lisa mentioned, is we do encourage companies to hire uh, our graduates in pairs. You know, who who doesn't want a wingman when they start a new job? We found that that really helps to reduce the anxiety and make for a smoother on-ramp when our graduates end up transitioning into the workforce. And we do similar things throughout the training, The things that we just know are better for people with autism. One of those is that all of the foundational knowledge that they will be learning through the IT, the Test Out IT program, will also be reinforced with with hands-on, real-world practical applications so that they can contextualize the material they're learning and understand how that's gonna come to play in the day-to-day activities that they'll be expected to do on the job. Um, Another thing we do differently that, you know, unlike the fast pace that you might find in like a code school boot camp, NFR Cyber is taught with uh, concept repetition to make sure that every participant really masters each concept. And we also do, as Lisa mentioned, we are planning on really making sure that we can do some interest and skill based specialization. You know, we expect that we're going to have individuals that are going to be very good at, say, analyzing information found in logs and finding discrepancies whereas others might be really do better at the white hat hacking or something along those lines. Um, And we want to give our participants the opportunity to really find those areas where they excel and be able to become specialists um, in those areas. Another thing that I really wanted to highlight that I think is important about this program, uh, like our NFR Tech program, is that it doesn't require a four-year degree. There are so many people with autism that have a really high aptitude and interest for technology, but who've been locked out of entering into careers in the tech industry because they aren't able to check that four-year degree box. So uh, as you probably know, Nathan, I mean, right now, I think it's only about 25% of people with autism who go on to college, even fewer actually get their degrees, you know, many because they've had bad experience in school or just because the university system really isn't set up for them. So we want to make sure that a college degree isn't a barrier to participating in the NFR cyber program. We want everyone with an interest to be able to participate, whether they have a degree in STEM or or something else or without. Oh, Oh, and another thing. I almost forgot, Lisa, you, you want to tell us a little bit more about our exciting new tool that we're using, complements of CCOE, that's really going to help us Ooh. with some of that specialization.
1: Yeah, so we we kind of like uh, foreshadowed a bit. Um, We are partnered with a fabulous organization by the name of Centech who have created the Haiku Cyber Range. And what this is, is something that's actually available to the public um, to be able to go in and kind of go through what they call dojos uh, to learn from a very um, basic level uh, and then apply those skill sets into real world missions that are in this kind of really cool cyberpunk realm um, that ultimately kind of walks you piece by piece through um, the ethical hacking uh, uh, program. And so um, this is something that we're hearing a lot from industry as well, where even, um, you know, traditional candidates that are getting, you know, either two or four year or even master's programs that really don't have a whole lot of hands-on experience in cyber. Um, They're looking for these types of work-based learning uh, opportunities for individuals to really kind of get their their hands dirty. And so this is something that we're going to use from the get-go. As we've discussed, not just from the training perspective, this will will complement the curriculum and provide some real hands-on training, but it will also help to figure out what? where are the interests lie? What What really gets you excited when you're kind of playing this game? Are there certain skills and techniques that um, an individual might really kind of gravitate towards that then the NFAR team can really help train and um, enhance those skill sets? So we're really excited about this tool. I know, Chelsea, you've had some really fun times playing it as <laughs> yeah. part of our beta test.
2: So yeah, I have to tell you, I've been demoing Haiku uh, for use in the program and having the best time. So I, I learned very quickly that I have to, only log on at the end of my workday, because I did log on earlier and found out that I was spending hours you know, <laughs> on the program. I was getting sucked into infiltrating servers and decoding encrypted emails. So it's it really is a fabulous tool. And we're excited to have the opportunity to be able to use it for NFR Cyber.
0: That's incredible. And I really like that, how you talked about the about the, for, the college degree being a barrier, that is a huge barrier for a lot of people. And as a lot of people know in the IT and cyber world, the experience and the hands-on learning, it does carry a lot more weight anyway. Absolutely. And then, and next, next, historically, companies have shied away from hiring neurodiverse individuals in the same way as they do with hiring people with disabilities. How is NFAR cyber hoping to change that?
1: Lisa? Well, I think if you don't mind, Chelsea, I'll kind of jump in just from the industry perspective. Um, as I mentioned, this is an industry that has a global shortfall of cyber workers. Um, And they have had a a lot of challenge really trying to um, kind of fill that pipeline. And so you're seeing an opening of the aperture and not just those with neurodiversity, but also women and uh, underrepresented populations. I mean, this is time now to open this aperture because only about 20% of the cyber population is made up of those um, really unique individuals that we need, um, because cybersecurity at its core is really a ever evolving threat that requires critical thinking and the ability to act under pressure and enjoy being able to kind of look at things that, um, the anomalies and to be able to look at things that are repetitive and to be able to kind of see patterns, um, and to be able to also then kind of, um, project that out into the larger um, business strategy. And I think being able to kind of bring in um, this different approach to really kind of looking at the threat is going to be something that really helps the industry. And again, helps to open the aperture from the talent pipeline perspective, because as of now, if we only look at the traditional pipelines, we are looking at a deficit over 3.5% million people worldwide, and it will only continue to grow in this post-pandemic world where, unfortunately, bad actors have taken the opportunity to, as we've seen, so many more attacks, um, so much, um, unfortunately, with having everyone working and schooling from home, so much opportunity for bad actors to continue to um, kind of find these openings. And so this this is, luckily, for those in cybersecurity, the, the silver lining in all of it, it is it is job security, and it is an <laughs> opportunity for those that are looking to really jump into a a field that is quite high paying and has a lot of opportunity for upward trajectory. So I know Chelsea, you have some additional thoughts on kind of how that social equity issue plays into the program.
2: Absolutely, Lisa. I mean, and Nathan, you're, you're right. Disability and autism hiring, it's, it's hard. It's very difficult. And we haven't seen much improvement in, in really driving down the astronomical autism unemployment rate in the past five years. And that's despite all the buzz coming from companies like Microsoft and SAP and, the, who, who have launched some some really successful autism at, at work programs. I think that that's, you know, there are several reasons for this, but it really comes down to, I think, risk. I think companies, you know, naturally are very risk averse. And unfortunately, there's a misconception that hiring a person with a disability or a person with autism is inherent, inherently riskier than hiring a typical candidate. So at NFAR, what we really do is try to do every week Thing we can to reduce that, that feeling of risk. And one of the ways that we do that, we already mentioned, was by encouraging internship as the m- model for the hiring engagement. We really find that, that uh, one, a lot of companies already have internship programs in place, so it's an easy way to secure some headcount uh, for this type of, uh, for hiring our graduates. But also, it gives kind of a, a start and a finish date and a, 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 an easy, like we said, try before you buy um, what we have found, though, is that typically, once almost without exception, once our companies do hire our graduates and do see how much they can bring to the company and what the, their cognitive differences have to offer and how their teams are actually just better by including um, candidates with autism, then they tend to, t- to convert those positions into full-time engagements and to want to hire more people with autism. So it creates kind of a waterfall effect that we're really uh, excited to be able to see. The other thing that we do is we want to make sure companies have what they need to successfully support their autistic candidates. So that's why we come in and we do offer inclusion training for the entire team that will be hosting one of our graduates, as well as management-specific training. And as you probably know, Nathan, it's it's been shown that managers who go through this type of autism um, management training just become better managers for all of their people. So um, by ha- making sure that all those support systems are in place, that people know that they have, th- have the training that they need and that they can create that autism-friendly environment, and that they also have us there for ongoing support if any questions or, or issues tend to arise, does seem to help make them more comfortable and realize that they can hire autistic candidates as readily and successfully as they, c- as they can hi- hire any candidate. Um, but the other thing I did want to point out, and Lisa, you mentioned social equity, is we have been seeing some, a really exciting trend. And I was very worried at the start of the pandemic that, that be, you know, with the resulting economic downturn, that we would really lose some of the momentum that we had gained in autism hiring, But in fact, the reverse seems to be happening. And that is really a big result of the conversations that we've been having as a society about uh, systemic uh, racial prejudice and how to create more opportunities for those on the margins. And all of a sudden... this has led to companies wanting to not just include uh, people of different races, but to include all people who have been historically underrepresented. So in the last six months, I have had more conversations and more speaking engagements with companies than I have in the past two years before that, um, all about how they can hire more people with autism, how they can increase their uh, neurodiverse representation. So I think this is a really exciting trend and something that is only gonna benefit not just people with autism, but all those with disabilities, and it's and it's really going to help the cybersecurity industry as well meet their uh, their incredible needs for good talent.
0: Wow, that is incredible! I can see why companies will want to get involved with Infar Cyber. But what about Infar participants? I I know the pilot has not started yet, but can you share some individual success stories from your Infar Tech program and what? You, what people can expect the benefits will be for in fire cyber participants absolutely
2: we have got some great stories so I, I'm really glad you asked um, and what I re- one of my best parts about my, my job is being able to tell managers and companies when they make a commitment to hire our grads I, I literally get to say to them you know I don't know if you know this but today you just changed a life because it's, it truly has the ability to change the trajectory of a person with autism's life. I mean, we have had participants in our program I've had someone with autism who had a computer science degree who was unable to get a job after graduation, and he went to another disability employment agency for help, and the only position they could find him was sorting clothes at a Goodwill store. So that was what he was doing before he came to Enfortech, and now he's working in an IT role actually with a company that he's been at for the last year. So I mean, to say this is life-changing is not just hyperbole. It is actually true. Um, another example, we had a, a gentleman right before the pandemic, uh, and we all started working from home. He stopped by our NFAR offices. He said he was just stopping by to say hi, car keys in hand, big smile on his face. And I said, Well, that's great. It's good to see you. And he just stood there smiling, and I, I you know, I couldn't figure it out. And I, I said, Well, so what's going on? And he's shaked his car keys and he's like, Well, I bought a car. <laughs> and I had forgotten that prior to uh, when he was coming to NFAR, uh, he was actually taking public transportation to get to NFAR because he was one of many people with autism who choose not to drive. Um, And then he went and he started working for a company as a software tester. And he met somebody, he, a co-worker, who offered to teach him how to drive. And so that colleague taught him how to drive. And from that, he was able to get his driver's license. And then with his paycheck, he bought his first car. And that was incredible for him. And he's he still talks about it to this day and is very proud of that. Um, we had another woman who was in our program. And... Uh, I got a call from her her mother, actually, after she was hired with a, a Fortune 100 company as a software tester. She did have a, a college degree as an engineer as well, but hadn't been able to find a job for five years. She had been looking before she came to Enfartech, And through Enfartech, she did get this role with this, uh, you know, it was a very generous uh, compensation package for an entry-level software tester. Her mother called me crying because she was now making more than her mom was. And her mom never thought that was going to be possible. She thought that she was going to be supporting her, you know, probably for the rest of her life. Um, And then we have every year, you know, every single year we get donations from graduates who have gone through our program who just want to give back, who now that they have their own paycheck and are making their own money, they wanna do something to help other people have the same kinds of opportunities. And those, I have to say, are the donations that probably mean the most to me. So we have a lot of great stories coming out of MFAR Tech. We are looking forward to Hopefully we can come back maybe next year and share with you some more success stories that we have now that MFAR Cyber is getting ready to move forward.
0: Wow, that's incredible, Chelsea. So the biggest question of all now is how can potential students and employers get involved in fire Tech and Cyber?
2: That's a great question, and <laughs> so glad you <to laughs> asked, Nathan. Yeah, so we are now currently accepting um, applications for NFAR Cyber. We're hoping to get kick off the training in the next few months here. Um, so for anyone who's interested, I encourage you to please visit our website at nfr.org, and there is an interest list there on the homepage that you can fill out, and then we c- will reach back out to you to get more information and to put in to get you signed up on the interest list. Um, We're also looking for corporate hiring partners, as I mentioned. We are trying to line up. uh, I think we're looking for, what is it, six now, Lisa? Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's just for cohort one. We're very optimistic that this is going to continue and uh, are starting to actually start looking at cohort two as well. So for any organization that would like to get involved or learn more, please visit uh, nfar.org for additional information.
2: Absolutely. And we're also, if you want to just support the program and our efforts to launch NFAR Cyber and also just to create more meaningful um, employment opportunities for people with autism, we're actually getting ready to have our Uh, big annual fundraiser, which is the Race for Autism that we do every year. This year it is going to be a virtual Race for Autism, which we're excited about because it's going to give people the opportunity to participate, you know, all across the country and around the world. So if you want to get involved with us that way, and it's it's superhero themed, so we'd like to say and be a superhero for those with autism, then check out raceforautism.org.
1: And my sons are so excited. They still have their capes from last year and run around with them all the time for being superheroes for autism. So I highly recommend folks get involved. It's really fun. It's a great opportunity, too, for corporate teams. Um, and there's also sponsorship opportunities if you'd like to uh, sponsor particular student scholarship. So lots of different ways to get engaged. And uh, we also have additional information on CCOE's website at sdccoe.org for additional resources about this program as well as other uh, cybersecurity resources.
0: Wow, that is incredible. As for myself, I, I myself am actually autistic. I just wish they had these kind of resources programs and I was going through, going through school, <laughs> it would have helped. <laughs> okay, and overall that was an incredible program overview. Uh, thank you Chelsea and Lisa for your time today and appreciate appreciate the time, take care. Thank,
1: thank you so much for having us.
2: Thanks Nathan. <sighs>